I'm Kelly Coffey, CEO of City National Bank. Our Conversations podcast features in-depth interviews with innovative leaders from business, entertainment, and nonprofits. Listen and learn how to succeed in what I'm calling the next normal. Now is the time to rethink, reinvent, and renew yourself and your business. Hi, everyone. I am thrilled to be back on Conversations. In this episode, we'll be having a conversation about the influence of social media, the evolving creator economy, and how all that ties in with financial planning. City National is a bank founded by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And as bankers who know a few stars, we understand very well that stars are born every day. And that's why I'm especially delighted to chat with today's guest. His family is known around the world as the first family of TikTok. His daughters have transcended the algorithm to become some of the most influential personalities today, making him one of the most influential patriarchs on the planet. And it's clear that they get their charisma and star power from him. He's a fashion entrepreneur, stage dad, visionary, and most importantly, a family man. And it's my pleasure to welcome Mark D'Amelio. Thanks, Kelly. So glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you for being here. This is going to be really fun. We could have a really long conversation. You have so much going on. But I wanted to start with you, Mark, because harken back in high school, you were a news anchor, I heard, for your school's morning TV studio, which is so different to think of where we are today. But, you know, fast forward, and now your two daughters are at the epicenter of social media for Gen Z. So can you just, I just talk about how this originally came about and 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 a little bit about what their transition's been like from going from a, an ordinary family to a family with a global audience. That's pretty interesting. I didn't really think about that before, but I do think there were times in my life where I thought about going down the path of Hollywood. I did, um, or, or TV. I, I was, as you said, I did do the morning announcements on TV in high school. I DJed in college. And then, but it was a different time for us. I think now DJs come out and make millions of dollars. When I, back when I graduated college, the DJ thing was something like, oh, I got to give that up now. I graduated college and now I have to get a job. So apparently, and obviously DJing is a, is a real and lucrative job right now, which I'm hearing. So. Exactly. You should have kept going, but it's been a pretty crazy transition for this. You know, what's it like to have a global audience for your family? It's surreal. It's it's wild, and it's it's all that you would think it would be, and it's it's strange and it's humbling, and and sometimes for me even embarrassing in a weird way. Like it's all the things you think it would be, but it's a little bit it's a, it's a little bit strange and surreal. Yeah, it has to be because everybody now knows you so they feel like they know you so well, and to a certain extent they do, and they're coming at you. And you've you've gone from sort of someone who was the father working, et cetera, to really managing a family business, which also has to have a pressure on it in its own sense, right? Yeah. I, I think what we did early on is I I know what I know and I did not know this business. I think I'm getting better at it. So we, uh, one of the first things we did is partnered with the business manager and recommended your bank because of all the things you do with with people who are in entertainment. And so no one's going to look at the attorney or even the business manager. They're going to look ultimately like if someone squanders this opportunity, it's going to fall on my shoulders and Heidi's shoulders. And I take that very seriously. And so we, we put people around us that are really good in the entertainment space to help make sure that we have some longevity and the girls are well protected throughout their careers. 
we appreciate everybody at City National too. You guys are awesome. Thank you. You did the smart thing is get the right people because to a certain extent, you're groundbreaking on a number of things, but there are elements, as you say, that fit into what other people have experienced in entertainment that you can you can draw from. But it's it's a new business in so many ways and it continues to evolve. When did you realize this is actually a business that I have to really focus on? And how did that feel? I think it's different for everyone because there are... So when Charlie first started growing a following on TikTok, she was about... Early on, it was just people recognize her in our town and then people recognize her outside of our town. And then she was about at about 500,000 followers, which you know, we know what that means. We know what a football stadium is. And you're basically talking about five to six football stadiums to, of people. And so we knew what that meant. And I reached out to some friends that were in the merchandise business that have worked with different influencers and celebrities. And they told me early on that it's not always your following. It do you translate into selling products? So even though she had a large following, and had some influence, can she convert it into a business? But we didn't know that for a while longer. We knew that there was revenue to be generated because she could do a, a TikTok for a, um, for a record company or a musician or, or a band. But we didn't know whether she could be a brand herself and then could Dixie be a brand and then could our family be a brand? And we're still, you know, we're still working through what that, what that means and on what level we, we can continue to do it. Is it different than, so you, you talk about a brand and I know you're, you're no stranger to this in terms of where, even though this is a new medium and a new way to do it, you know, you, um, I know you've spoken about, you launched a streetwear label many years ago called Madsoul with like a thousand dollars and you had to do some guerrilla marketing. I read, you know, like, like using UPS labels to, to make stickers all over the city and things that, that today, you know, some of that might seem kind of commonplace. You've heard people do guerrilla marketing now, but at that time, you know, wasn't. So that entrepreneurial hustle has to really help when you're thinking this through, or does it? Is it totally different? I mean, I think it has in a big way. I think back then you were definitely at a disadvantage because the way you marketed your companies, you had to compete, especially clothing brands. I had to compete to run the same advertisement as a company, which was a, a you know billion dollar company. We're vying for the same ads in GQ magazine or Details magazine or Double XL magazine, and I had to come up with creative ways. I also have seen over the last twenty years, people create brands out of thin air and and almost that fake it till you make it mentality where, but you have to play the part and look the brand. And I think we did that early on. Like I made sure that Dixie and Charlie's websites were up and running and they had logos and, and we did merch and all those things that kind of made them seem bigger than they were. And then they, they, their following caught up rather quickly. But I think my experience in working in the, in the apparel industry was very helpful in in all the different things we've done so far. Yeah, I can imagine that. And then, as you said, social media has kind of changed the impact you can have, right? It's just such a broad, you can go direct, which now the brands are figuring out how do they do that. But you, you have to be, you know, your your daughters are very authentic, your family, this is our brand. And I think that's that's really interesting that you say that. And when you when you think about it, what are some of the speed bombs or challenges that you feel like you know, how to, do, can you separate your private lives now at all from this, or is it just all blended for you? It's definitely blended. People think the majority of the time we're 
we're in the public eye. But the majority of the time, just like most people, especially during the pandemic, we were home outside of away from the camera. So there is, you know, there there are times that we feel like we might not want to be in the public eye. And then we just we just stay home. You know, it's part of what we what we signed up for. And I think as adults, Heidi and I may handle it a little bit better than, than Charlie Dixie seems to handle it well, but it's, there is, there is that part where you're out to dinner and you get a, a fork of pasta and you're going in for it. And all of a sudden you see, you got a camera on you and you're like, all right, let me, so you, you definitely make sure you clean your mouth a lot. And, uh, but it, it's, it's fine. You know, I look at this as a, as an, and it's my personality. I'm not speaking for Dixie or Charlie, but I look at this as an interesting adventure. And I, I look at it as a blessing. And I sometimes I do look at celebrities that I do get it where people look at celebrities that get all bent out of shape because the people come up to them. And I, I just don't see me personally. I'm not on the level of, of my daughters, but if, someone wants to stop and take a picture with me or, or say hello, or it's part of it. And I knew what I was signing up for. And, and I, I take it very seriously to make sure we are respectful to the people that support us. And not just because they, not because they put money in our, in our pockets, just because I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I, but it can be everywhere. When you think about social media, were you, all, were you pretty knowledgeable about it before TikTok? Did you have your views about social media changed since this? No, I thought back to the conversation we were having on the on the clothing business or business in general. One of the things you always had 20 years ago is you had to work through a third party to get your products to to retail. And what I think the internet has done, and we knew that it was going to do that, and now social media has even has created your own fan base and your own customer base. I saw early on that your following, for lack of a better term, is going to be currency going forward. And and I've been a big proponent of that. I did not set out, Heidi and I did not set out to be TikTokers or to be part of this, this younger culture. I looked at it as an opportunity to enhance my business opportunities or, or, or anything I want to do going forward, whatever my desires may be, or my, my, my passions may be. I think it's a great way for anyone to build their own brand and follow their dreams. I think it's taking people a while to figure that out. And you saw that, and it really is direct to your fan base, anything you want to say, which is changing, I think so much. And so Charlie and Dixie are following in your footsteps to a certain degree, right? They launched a new apparel standalone, right? Called the social tourist. Yes. Within the Abercrombie and Fitch portfolio, which is, which is a fantastic brand. And, and I know they did a number of things with Hollister. So when, when you think about it, I mean, and the other, the other stat I saw, which you probably already know this, but 81% of us shoppers make purchases based on influencer recommendations, which is pretty incredible. Talk more about you. You early saw that impact on brands. So I, when you think about creators, you think about your family, what, what is the, what in particular, how are you impacting that brand partnership space? Are, is it, are you changing it? Is it already a path that you feel is there that you're following? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things we've done is, and, and look, we've been able to do this from a position where we do not have to do every single brand deal and we, and we could be a little bit choosy on what we're doing. And, and I say this, but I don't want to say it to everybody because there's probably people out there that are saying, look, if I can get someone to pay me 
$500 to talk about a product, I'll do that. But I do think Charlie and Dixie both started off and TikTok is a very authentic platform. And I think we would have looked very disingenuous if we started to partner with brands that were not similar to the types of things that we did before. So it's kind of interesting that a lot of the things that Charlie and our family has gotten involved with, we were consumers of prior, which, and that to me is really big. I'm not saying that it's a prerequisite for anybody who's becoming an influencer. If you have to put food on the table and there's an opportunity and you have to make some moves, do do what you have to do. For us early on, Charlie was very vocal about the types of brands she wanted to work with. And I think that just enhanced the authenticity. And you look at the list of Invisalign. She actually used Invisalign and she loved Takis. She, we actually, she was drinking and promoting uh, Dunkin' Donuts way before she ever had a financial partnership with Dunkin' Donuts. And I, I would say that that is really cool. And, and now Heidi does that. Heidi will take things that probably people would pay her for and constantly stories on Instagram products that she likes with no preconceived no shit or no, nothing set in her head like, oh, if I do this, I'll get something out of it. She just does it. And a lot of times those brands will come back to her. So I think I would recommend to people to partner with companies that you like and be authentic in in marketing those brands. I think that's good advice because I think that's why 81% of people want to know they're buying something that you're using and you like as opposed to being marketed to. And I think that's a major shift in this economy. So now your family also has a a pretty big following on YouTube, 1.64 million subscribers last I looked. And you um, and Heidi are also established your own podcast, The Other D'Amelios, which I love the name, (laughs) The Other Ones. And it really does show you as contemporary creators. So when you think about, we talked a little bit about advice, but what what would you share with an entrepreneur that's online wants to create an entertainer as they're thinking about pursuing their own ventures or starting their own dreams? I would say, you know, keep things in your wheelhouse. And we've seen that with TikTok. We've seen lawyers become famous on TikTokers. We've seen power washers become famous on TikTok. So keep it in your wheelhouse. Keep keep it something that you're either knowledgeable about or extremely passionate about. And then, you know, be realistic. I think that's one of the things We've always told our kids, you could be anything you want to be. If it's not working, I think you have to be realistic and maybe switch it up a little bit. Not quit, but maybe audible and find something else that may make sense or find a, find a market that isn't tapped yet and, and pursue that. So authenticity, passion, and keeping realistic expectations. Yeah, it comes, it comes through. And you, just, you, you talked about it, and we started there on your, your level of financial planning knowledge and expertise. And how's that changed since you've all become online sensations? You've really focused on it. Yeah. I mean, look, I think there's the opportunities and that revenue is, has, has increased, but with that expenses have increased. And, and that's why we have a business manager and managers that help. And I'm, I'm in contact with them weekly. And, and so it's just like anything else, but those, those types of things are, are all relative to whatever your your income is. If you're making $30,000 a year, you have, you have to budget. If you're making a million dollars a year, you have to budget. And I think those are the things that I'm always, I'm always looking at those things 
because not only because it's the right thing to do, because I am protecting my kids' future. And you hear the horror stories of parents that came out to Hollywood and burned through their kids' money. And that's just not, <laughs> that's not what's happening with us. And, and even to the opposite, I want to make sure that we, that I do everything in my power, not only to make sure we protect the money, but how do we grow the money and make sure they're financially secure for forever, for as long as they live. Yeah. And so you're instilling some real financial values. How much do you, you spend a lot of time on it? How much do you talk to the girls about it? You know, often I do. There's a part of, hey, let, let's celebrate. Let's have fun. Let's, let's make sure that we're always thinking 10 years down the road. You have to think about the future, make sure you're protecting it, but you have to live for today. And, and I, especially with Dixie and Charlie, because they're young and they haven't bought houses yet. A lot of times they don't see the benefits of their labor because they don't spend a lot of money, quite frankly. So when they do come to me, and even if it's a little bit extreme, dad, should I do this? Nine times out of 10, I'll say, yeah, I think you should because I want them. I think everybody should have some appreciation for the hard work that they put in and be able to get something material or whatever it is out of it. So, but we have those conversations pretty often. Having pretty often. That's good. Yeah. And, and enjoying life along the way. That's good because this is, you know, people, this is a, this is work now, right? It's not just posting on TikTok. Like, you know, like people think this is actually, I think the show is great to show people a little bit of the backdrop of what actually is going on in their lives in terms of keeping, you know, what they actually have real responsibilities and, and uh, you're showing that really well. I think the hardest part for not only my kids, but kids in general is that when if you had a tough day at work when, when I was first getting in the workforce, you go home, maybe you don't check your email for the night and you start the next day. Everyone nowadays, their personal life and their work life are so intertwined between this phone that they have in their hands. That what stinks for my kids and for a lot of people is that sometimes they want to just enjoy themselves on, on TikTok or Twitter or whatever. And it's inevitable that they'll see something about themselves. So try, I, I do try to instill in them a way to disconnect from the phone, not in a traditional parent way where they don't understand that it's just part of, phones are part of kids' lives and social media is part of kids' lives. And I think any parent that tries to get in the way of that is doing themselves a disservice. I think you just got to understand it and say, hey, maybe you might want to disconnect for a little bit and focus on yourself personally for a while, but it's tough. I mean, that's the same thing with, 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 with us. We're so, even on the clothing side, there's, I'm so involved in social media for that business. It's, it's tough to separate it. I think that's one of the toughest things. How do they turn it off? But I think you're right. You have to teach them how to, how to live with it. You know, how to, how to live in that world. How are they doing at that? They're doing well. And I think I am, I do play dad sometimes where, like I said earlier, I'm not going to sit there and say, get off the phone because I know it's, <laughs> it's, but I am going to say like, we're driving in, we were in Europe and we're driving and I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And it's so beautiful. And they're on their phones. I'm like, guys, you ever hear this expression, stop and smell the roses? I mean, this is what that expression's about. Like, <laughs> let's stop and look around and appreciate everything. So, and, they, and, they'll, and they'll goof on me a little bit and go, yeah, dad. But they, I think they, they understand. A lot of my lessons that I try to teach them, 
I think falls upon deaf ears sometimes, but it doesn't. They pick it up and I, I get to hear it regurgitated later. And I'm like, oh, you guys were listening to me. So. <laughs> Every parent knows that somewhere deep down they're listening. Well, and congrats on the Hulu docuseries. I mentioned it earlier. It's been a, it's been, it's an incredible journey, I think, for people to follow you. I've enjoyed it. And, and it, and it looks like you're breaking into the entertainment space more and more every, every day. What, where are you seeing some of the new business opportunities for, for the family now? You know, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, it started off where we were getting paid as, as almost an endorser of products. And then now we've gotten into a situation where we have some, equity in, in companies and we do a little bit of where we're, Hey, we'll, we'll endorse your product, but we really like the product. And we either want to invest alongside and make sure that we're actually a partner. And then look, we're, we're very blessed that we've had people, whether it's the Kardashians or other famous people who've come before us that have, have done the heavy lifting and showed us the way. So now we're looking at business opportunities where we're either 50-50 partners with someone or where we own 100% of the company where we actually, um, I think what Reese Witherspoon has done has been incredible. I think what Kim Kardashian has done with Skims has been incredible. And they have companies that are start from zero and are valued in the billions. And that's, you know, and I'm not saying that's easy or, but those are the things that I am looking at of what are the next things that we have the platform, we have the influence. Now we got to make sure that we have the the products and, and just not products for the sake of making products, something that actually fills a need that I think we can do really well and create something I think is important that isn't just the something, oh yeah, we're going to do that too. Or they did a makeup line now we're going to do a makeup line. I think we, we look at things from a perspective of wanting it to be unique and wanting it to have a point of view and, and wanting to do something not just for the sake of commerce, for the sake that it makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting because I'm sure you have too many opportunities as you're sifting through to go through. And I will say the one thing that we always focus on, and, and I think where Charlie is the champion of this, is making sure that we're providing high quality products. If we're putting our name on it or manufacturing it, and she's heavily, both Dixie and Charlie are heavily involved in those things. And I think a lot of times when there becomes a layer of management and you assume, oh, well, those guys make this product category, they know what they're doing. No, we want to make sure that if it has our name on it, if it has their name on it, that they're comfortable with it. And we'll, and Charlie and Dixie on the, on the flip side of that, always make sure that the product is at the right price in relation to the market. You know, it's like, we're not making, we'll look and say, okay, a hooded sweatshirt is a nice quality hooded sweatshirt is between uh, 50 and $60. And we're going to do a really high quality one. So that's where we are. We're not going, you won't see us come out with, Hey, this is the Dixie and Charlie limited edition, $250 sweatshirt. It's just not, it's not in our, in our brand to, to do that to the people that follow us. Interesting. Well, along those lines that I know that Charlie became an investor in a teen banking app. And she's talked a little bit about, she wants to promote financial literacy and money manager to her you know, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of followers. Are there, are there any plans for that? Can she, she'll be a, a Finfluencer. We were joking. Some Finfluencer comment, <laughs> content. I think that's one of the things we all suffer with about through our education system in the United States is like, look, there's great, you're learning biology, you're learning algebra, you're learning calculus, but I got out of college 
not knowing what my credit score was or how to improve my credit score. And I do think there, it has changed a little bit, but didn't know about becoming a, an independent contractor. What's the tax implications? Oh, just, there's so many things, how to balance a checkbook. So I do love the fact that if Charlie could be help influence a generation to have better financial literacy and better understanding of of finances that that that's amazing and she asked me all the both Dixie and Charlie asked me all those questions and I would love for us to be part of getting that message out there and help young people learn more about their finances I think that would be fantastic that could have a huge a huge impact on not only the that generation but in many cases their families who also may not any other exciting investments you want to talk about that you've either undertaken or thinking about? Some of the things we're looking at is almost this, there's a spectrum of starting something fresh and, and with our own, coming up with our own brand, our own logos. And then, and the other thing that we're interested in is potentially finding orphan brands or dormant brands that by themselves might not be what they were, but with the infusion of some of our influence and our followers, maybe we could uh, resurrect some things. So I'm looking, I think that's really interesting, finding something that maybe I grew up with as a kid that isn't out there and we kind of repurposed it and updated and modernized it. So That's really interesting. Um, so another thing I know, it's really a passion for us at City National, corporate social responsibility, giving back to our communities, goodwill. And I know it's also important to you and Heidi and the girls. What, what types of projects are you thinking about diving in on there? You know, we've done things with, I'm good friends with Michael Rubin, who is um, runs Fanatics, and we got involved in the All-In all Challenge about during over quarantine, and that was pretty interesting. We fed a lot of people. I think the girls raised almost half a million dollars for that. We're heavily involved in Stand Up to Cancer, which has been amazing. My sister was diagnosed with cancer uh, about a year ago, and, and we're very passionate about that. And, and I want our whole family to find things that we're passionate about. What we've learned is that we can't be everything to everyone. And it, when you start to take on too much social responsibility, you don't really, you, we can do a lot, create a lot of change and, and do a lot for certain charities that we feel that are aligned with, with us. It gets difficult sometimes because you want to help everybody. I mean, when you have this we, we could be retweeting links to GoFundMe accounts to every, they're, they're, I'm, I'm pretty soft in a lot of ways and things pull up my heartstrings a lot. So I, I'd end up doing everything, but I do firmly believe we have a big and incredible obligation to be socially conscious and to do things that could help others. And that's, I mean, that's always been something that we've thought about. The problem is when you do pick something sometimes like, well, why didn't you pick this? I mean, I know that Charlie's passionate about dance and she raised a lot of money for dance and people looked at that sometimes as well. There's people out there starving. Like you, you almost have to pick the right charity and the right social cause too, which makes it a little bit, and that makes it difficult sometimes because you end up becoming gun shy and you overthink it as about just moving forward and helping as many people as you can help and shedding light on as many great causes that you can shed light on. Switching gears for a minute, how are you all enjoying living in L.A.? I love L.A. I really do. I think that we've, the the obvious is the weather, but there's definitely been, the people have been great. They've embraced us, and my wife loves it here. The kids love it. So we've created 
a group of friends and people that we work with that we really enjoy. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I do, I will say we live in West Hollywood and it's a little bit more vibrant and people are always like, Oh, you should go to the Valley or you should go here. We came from Connecticut was, was the suburbs. So I do like a little bit more hustle bustle and I love West Hollywood. So we're probably going to stay, stay here for a while, but we get a lot of people tugging at us going, no, you should move to the Valley or you should move here. I love being in a vibrant city or, or place that there's restaurants and you can walk. So it reminds me a lot of New York City sometimes. You're back in the city. Exactly. So last question, as we look ahead to holidays and we are approaching a new year, what are you most looking forward to? I love the holidays. I mean, I love the holidays. We're actually going to be spend Christmas here, but we're going to go and spend part of early mid-December because Dixie's going to be in Jingle Ball and she's performing at Madison Square Garden. So I mean, I am looking forward to my first Christmas in New York City in I think three years, which which I miss. And then just spending time. We are a very close-knit family, not just us four, but our extended family of cousins and my sister and, and Heidi's sisters. So just spending time with family and enjoying the, the holidays. There's nothing like it. So I'm really excited for it. Well, I think you're in a really good place right now. And I think it's I think it's exciting what's going on for your family. And I think you're uh, you're approaching it in a really thoughtful way with authenticity. So congratulations on everything so far. Thanks, Kelly. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll subscribe to Conversations so you'll never miss an episode. We have lots of great guests this season who will inform and inspire you.